Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast, episode number 303 with Tracy Pleshcourt. Tracy, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Now, before we get into obviously learning a little bit more about you and the wonderful episode we're going to have today, in the last seven days, what's lit you up? What's brought joy? If there's one experience? Oh, my good lordy. Uh, yeah, I have had some pretty fabulous experiences. Um, we have, in the last seven days, uh, we have celebrated my birthday. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> I, thank you. I just turned 51. We um, spent time together as a family up at a resort in northern Minnesota, um, primarily on a lake. I love being around water. Um, I love to play pickleball and I love to play card games. And so we Ooh. spent the entire weekend in a pickleball tournament and a, <laughs> it's called Euchre is the name of the card oh, game. That we like. What a great Do game. You know- I love you know Yuka. I do, of course. Yuka and 500 are my two favorite games and very similar for people listening along. Fantastic. Were there a lot of table yeah. talk going on, Tracy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. So it was just this ongoing tournament throughout the entire weekend. And I literally kept telling everybody around me, anybody who wanted to listen, like best birthday ever. I'm doing all the things that I love being on the water and getting to play my two favorite sports and being around all the people that I love most. It was just fantastic. I love that. Yuka, I haven't heard that for a long time. I remember playing, <laughs> um, obviously growing up and it's a fantastic game. Um, do you find yeah. that a lot of people know how to play or that card games are sort of dwindling? Yeah, I, you know, well, anybody that spends time with our family, they do <laughs> learn to play. play because <laughs> it's our favorite pastime. And we find that you, a lot of people have never heard of it. And so it's kind of fun. It's not the easiest card game to learn. You have nice. to, you have to, if people don't understand it or don't know it, they probably don't know any of the concepts, you know, that go along with it, like Trump and things like that. So, um, so there's a little bit of a learning curve, but it's so rewarding once you learn it. And I always tell people, it's kind of like the game of golf. It's it's a lifelong game. And so, or it's a game that you can play your entire life. And um, there's a lot of strategy and there, a little bit of luck. <laughs> so um, I do not find that a lot of people know how to play. Although I will say more people in Minnesota tend to know how to play than anywhere else, I think, in the country. And I've lived in the... Pacific Northwest of the United States, and I've lived in the South of the United States. And those are two areas that nobody's ever heard of it. So I do find more people here in the Minnesota kind of Midwest do know of it. Well, I absolutely love that. What a great way to start the podcast. If you are listening today and uh, you've got three friends, you obviously need four people to play, um, look up either 500 or Yuka. Um, Yes, they are quite complicated. Um, I would sort of go against what you're saying there, Tracy, that I've played golf for a long time and I'm still horrible, whereas every now and then you can get a good hand in (laughs) in cards. (laughs) So for listeners out there, besides being a pickleball champion and a Yuka guru, um, do you want to paint the picture for everybody? Um, yeah, who is Tracy? Oh, 
Well, I am a certified life coach, which has been like what I've built my business around. Um, I'd like to identify as a life coach because I really have this very unique opportunity to support people in their own personal development. And I cannot think of another profession that is more rewarding than that. So I'm very proud of that title. Um, I actually come out of the world of advertising. I spent 20 years in advertising and I loved that industry as well. Um, but I always felt like I was kind of being called for something more. And so I found it and I built a business around it. Um, outside of that, I am a mother of two children who have recently graduated from college. They're both back home living with us. So I think that might be a little bit unique. Um, you know, my son, he is, um, he's in sales and his job only requires him to work at the office a couple days a week. So, and the same goes for my husband. And then I own my own business and my daughter who just graduated from college works for me. So all four of us wow. <laughs> live from the same home that we work from. And so it has been quite the adjustment. Uh, these last three months have been <laughs> a huge adjustment, but I know for sure I will look back on this time of my life so fondly. And I will probably always wish I, you know, had that, <laughs> those opportunities. So I, I am not wishing it away. I just um, have to giggle sometimes when, you know, the bandwidth gets a little tested and things <laughs> like that. So it's, it's all good, but yeah, I'm a mom, I'm a wife. Um, and I am like everybody's cheerleader because I, I love helping people really see their own mind and see how much control they actually do have over the results and the experiences in their life, which I don't think a lot of people really fully understand that. And so I get to be the person that really, you know, shines a light on that for them. Mm, I, I love that. And I think uh, a lot of probably uh, parents are listening along going, that sounds crazy, but it's always, it's always a fact is I've got two young boys um, and they're a lot younger and um, I couldn't imagine life without them in the house. And sometimes I wish I could have a little bit of a break, but it's probably it's exactly what you're saying that in the chaos of it, it's actually magical. Yeah, totally. I love that. It now is. let's talk about obviously, you made a big leap and I love talking to people that, you know, have, yeah, they've, they've got, they've had a great career, but, and they've still got a great, it's not that they didn't love what they were doing. They just wanted to try something else because they knew there was something else out there for them. But a lot of time it's very easy to plan this tracing and talk about it, but actually doing it. Um, so how, how long did that transitional process take from, you know, you 20 years in advertising to actually go, no, I'm going to become a life coach and work fully for myself. What was that process like? Yeah. You know, I knew that I was being called for something more. There was definitely signs during my career within advertising that um, I had a lot of potential for owning my own business and really making a bigger impact in people's lives. Although I will say the role that I had in at the advertising agency really did afford me um, pretty significant impact like on our clients' lives as well as our employees' lives. But even with that, I recognized that 
I could, it could be more significant. And so it was the scariest thing I've ever done because <laughs> I was, you know, making a pretty substantial income. Um, I was very comfortable. Um, everything felt very secure, but I, I felt this very strong pull. Um, it didn't feel like a push. It felt like a pull and I trusted it. Um, and I would say I, I didn't spend a ton of time questioning it. I just really did trust it. And so when I started talking to kind of the C-suite and telling them, you know, I think, I think I'm going to leave. I'm, I, I think I'm being called for something more. Um, I don't know what that is. They looked at me like I was absolutely out of my mind, <laughs> but one of the things that they did say, our CEO, I'll never forget him saying this is like, he said, I know for sure that it's a matter of time before you and I both look at this and go, yeah, you were right on track. You knew what you were doing. You, he's like, I know that when you set out to do something, you do it. And, but the thing was, is I didn't know what I was setting out to do. So I was like, <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad you have the confidence in me. And I, I felt it, but I couldn't articulate it. Couldn't put my finger on what it was supposed to be. And at that time in my life, my kids were just getting into high school and I had spent so much time away from them. You know, I worked in the downtown metro area. It would take me about an hour to get to work and an hour to get home. And I would put in really long hours during my workday. And I was feeling like I had spent so much time away from them. And I was actually really kind of surveying some of my other mom friends whose kids were a little bit older than mine. They were actually just going off to college. And I watched these friends of mine kind of mourn the loss of their college freshmen. And I was like, holy cow, that's going to be me in, you know, very few years. And I don't do well with regret. So that was actually the kind of the springboard of why I made the decision when I made the decision. They were just going into high school. And I thought, you know what? I want these last three to four years with them. And whatever I do, I can do it from home and I can kind of do it around my family life. And it, by the grace of God, the agency said, would you be willing to work from home as we transition? And so I actually worked from home for a year. I had, I had the longest resignation ever. <laughs> so for one year, I worked from home and it gave, it afforded me this opportunity to like really think about what is it that I want to create? And it became very clear that there wasn't a very, um, there wasn't a clear roadmap for women kind of at my level, more at an executive level who wanted to transition out of corporate and really into entrepreneurship. Um, I couldn't find it. And so that's where I started. I was like, well, I can't find any sort of consulting, coaching that would really hold my hand through this transition. So I decided that's what I'm going to create. I'm going to become a coach and really help women start purpose-driven businesses. So that's where it all began. And I literally just documented every single thing I did. I assessed what worked, what didn't work, what am I going to do different? And it launched 
my company today that's called Self Made You. And it's all about like deciding what it is that you want and really managing your mind through the process of creating that. Um, recognizing that every problem exists at the level of your mind. And so does every solution. And so I teach people how to feel in control. So many of us walk around, walk throughout our day feeling out of control. We feel like things are happening to us that we're not actually creating our own experience. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to create a methodology that a simple methodology that if used correctly, creates a sense of self-control and it can be applied to unlimited topics, unlimited circumstances. And the circumstance that I started focusing on right out of the gate was entrepreneurship and it evolved. Then it went into health and wellness and then it went into relationships and then it went into leadership. And so now I am an online school that has a massive curriculum of ways to apply self-control to get whatever it is that you want in your life. And that curriculum or that offering just keeps expanding because I train coaches to coach the exact same methodology and they come in with their own unique expertise and then we create programs together. So for example, I have a um, divorce attorney and mediator who is becoming a coach and her and I are co-collaborating or co-creating a self-made mind and marriage program. So we're using her expertise as a, as a divorce attorney and my expertise as a certified life coach. She's becoming a coach and we are creating the next offering that we will offer under Self-Made You. So it's really fun because it's ever expanding and we use the same framework to create those programs and to offer them to clients. And it, it's very easy to learn, but we can talk very specifically to people who need us in you know, very specific types of circumstances. We have another program that is for parents of um, children that have autism or they're uh, neurodivergent. So we, we help those, you know, those people. So we have a lot of audiences, very diverse, but we teach them kind of the same thing and then just apply it in a, in a unique way. I love that. And I think the one thing I love about your story, Tracy, is that and I think more people are probably, and you'll be, you'll know more than I do probably with people coming to your coaching, but um, they're realizing that life's for living. It's not for working. And sorry to say this, but two hours of commute every day, big hours, that's not really living what you were doing. Yes. You might have had a good career. You might have a good income, but at the end of the day, uh, do you know what I mean? It's not fulfilling. And yeah. it's only so long you can do that. And why do we have kids? Yeah. Why do we have these things? We want to experience things with them. Um, are you yeah. finding people are coming to you because they're realizing that, wow, I, I don't want to keep doing this anymore. I don't want to be busy. Like I want to live life and work, be part of that. Not this people go work-life balance. It's a load of crap. Like, are you finding that a lot more? I am. Um, and what I help those people recognize is that, you know, their experience within, you know, the, the corporate environment that they're in or the job that they currently have or the field that they work in, that might just be complete. And I really encourage people to assess, you know, what does it mean 
to just be in an experience that might just be complete. Because if you don't think of it that way, you're often being very black and white about your thinking, like it's either good or it's bad. And most of the people who are feeling called to leave or do something else, they have some negative spin on that. And I really want to encourage people to think of it as it's just a chapter that is complete. And there's probably hundreds, if not thousands of opportunities that you have been gifted throughout this experience. And there's ways to think about those gifts that, you know, motivate us into taking the next best step, but we lose sight of all of those kinds of thoughts because there's some sort of negative connotation attached to leaving your career or starting, you know, or becoming an entrepreneur. And I really challenge people to maybe think of that chapter as complete and really focus on what were the gifts and the opportunities and what kinds of gifts and opportunities will continue to be created or will you be afforded through having that experience? Um, because those are the feelings that are going to perpetuate you into much more productive action than if you were sitting here feeling regretful or fear right? Those are the kind of feelings that are not going to perpetuate any sort of behavior that is going to be enjoyable. Like you want to enjoy this next chapter. So let's look at it as complete and let's start looking for the gifts and the opportunities that you've been granted and maybe what else has yet to you know, be afforded, what could become a gift and an opportunity from the experience that you had. And so, yeah, I do think that um, fear tends to hold people back, but I think that there's a way that we can kind of reframe that and um, make the experience, even the experience of, you know, transitioning out, make it work hard for you. Like use your opportunity, take inspired action from it, help other people better understand. Like, yeah, I, you're right. Like we have this like one very short, precious life. Like if if you are going through an experience that might be challenging, you know, there are so many valuable ways to even kind of 10x the value of that experience. And I would say impacting other people's lives is a surefire way to create more value from the experience that you're having. Ooh, so true. So true. Um, with that being said, though, it all makes sense. Do you know what I mean? When you're talking about this now, Tracy, and like what I said, it, it, it sounds easy, but when you're caught up in the middle of it or, you know, you're going through a really bad experience, there's nothing else you can see. It's all hazy and foggy everywhere else. So for people that may be stuck or even if you're not stuck, what what's the first step to obviously making change? Or, you know, we, we do worry about the fear of doing something unknown or the judgment of other people. And that's that's a natural thing of human beings. We're not going to be able to get rid of that. But where, where do we start? Is it, it's probably not an answer. You can answer one thing, but is there a simple avenue that people can go to just make a change and start that ball rolling in, in a new direction? Heck yeah. So I would say the very first step is make sure that you've made a decision. Any decision <laughs> will create a sense of self-control. If you're sitting there going, I don't know what to do. I'm too afraid. This might not work. What are they going to think of me? Those are all thoughts that your primitive brain is trying to make you believe 
is the truth. Those are not facts. Those are just primitive brain thoughts. They're fear-based thoughts. So if you aren't aware of those thoughts happening, you sure as heck are not going to be aware of what's actually creating the feeling. You will think that the circumstance of you leaving is what's creating the feeling or of what somebody said is what's creating the feeling. And that's not true. It's what you're thinking about the circumstance. And the good news is, is that you can control that. Nobody is making you think anything. You get to control that. So circumstances are what they are. We can't control circumstances, but we can control the way we think. And school or education systems do not teach us how to think. They teach us what to think. So my two college graduates, recent college graduates, you know, spent lots and lots of money to get the experience that they need to go out into the real world, never being taught how to solve their own problems or how to achieve what it is that they most desire. Like they are taught what to think. So they're taught, you know, go find the resource and check the boxes. That's what they're taught. And in reality, they should have been taught how to think, how to think, how to create thoughts with intention, not to react to primitive brain fear-based thoughts, which is what we do by nature, by default, because our primitive brain has a purpose. It's what actually keeps us alive. It keeps us breathing, keeps our nervous system going so that we don't have to think about all of those things, but it's constantly scanning for danger. That's its job because it's meant to keep us alive. So it's scanning for danger, offering us all of these saboteur thoughts. And when we aren't actually in danger, it sabotages us. If we are in danger, it's super helpful. <laughs> you want to listen to that thought that says, don't walk out in front of the bus, right? <laughs> so it has a purpose, but if you're not in any danger, it actually sabotages you. So you have to have that awareness. That's what we teach. We teach you how to think. And it starts with A, making a decision. What is it that you want? It could be, I'm just gonna make a decision to make a decision. It could be something that simple. Like, okay, that's a great place to start. That's a great springboard. That right there shows that you like have the ability to take some sort of control. It might be so minimal, but yet you have taken some control. You're taking some ownership. Now, I want you to be aware of how it is that you're feeling. And that sounds really easy, but a lot of people are terrified of going there, terrified of looking within and figuring out how am I actually feeling? And the next step is ask yourself, why? Why am I feeling that way? The answer is the thought that's running through your head. That's probably being offered by your primitive brain, that part of your brain that's scanning for danger when you're not in any danger. So it tends to sabotage you. And so having an awareness of what's actually going on in that three pound organ between your ears, like it has a purpose. You have a primitive part of your brain, and then you have the other part that I like to call your prodigy part. That's the part, it's your 
prefrontal cortex. That's the, you know, the correct terminology for it, but it has the ability to question those primitive brain thoughts. It has the ability to respond. It has the ability to be intentional. Most of us have not been taught how to tap into that part of our brain. We have just been kind of running on autopilot and reacting. And, you know, it, it, it will get you some wins here and there, but it probably does not make for a very enjoyable journey. And that's what I'm going for. It's like, we want to like create satisfaction and enjoyment and abundance, like moment by moment by moment, because it's those moments that culminate as our life experience. And so I don't want a life where I can just check some boxes. I want a life where I'm like, yeah. And moment by moment by moment, I was satisfied, like, or I felt abundant or I felt grateful. Like that's what actually matters. And I don't think very many people can argue that it's just that they've really never thought about it. They think about Mm -hmm. it in kind of the, you know, how many achievements can I rack up? How fast can I get there? And it's like, you know, there's probably a better way because you could probably be happier along the journey. And that's where I really focus my attention and really help people understand how much better it actually could be. Mm, so true. And it's really comes back to being present and enjoying the whole journey. Joanna, I sabotaged myself for many years with this, Tracy, that I would delay gratification because I'll be happy when, you know, when, when I've got a goal or I've got a promotion or start a business or whatever it was, but you end up missing out on living life. And it took me 30 years to actually realize that. Um, It sounds very simple, doesn't it? But even if you're doing something, making, like you said, making a decision, that can be probably the hardest thing anyway, but making that decision or just enjoying the highs and the lows, actually being present to enjoy them. That's the real gift, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds crazy, but recognizing that, you know, life is kind of this roller coaster. It's full of ups and downs. And, you know, a mismanaged mind looks like this. It's got huge highs and huge lows. And a managed mind does not like get you off of that roller coaster, but it actually kind of makes it a little bit more, you know, tolerable, I guess I would say. And it makes you recognize the value of the lows is so that you have contrast. Those lows are what afford you the context of understanding what the highs even are. Like if you didn't know what sadness felt like, you would have no context for happiness, none. So it's meant to be there. It too has a purpose. And when you can start to look at life that way and not make any of those lows mean something about your worth, And just recognize that it's kind of life is 50-50 and the lows are there as a contrast, as a source of contrast, so that I can fully experience everything that life has to offer. Then it all starts to make sense, right? You don't have to make it mean anything about you. Same thing, like when you're having those fear-based thoughts, that doesn't mean you're broken. That means your primitive brain is doing what God designed it to do. Like we can just understand it. And so that is another big mission of mine is really to teach. I want to teach concepts so people better understand and stop making these very 
human-like, you know, experiences mean that they're broken. You're not. You've just never been taught that this is actually ha what happens when you aren't being intentional or you aren't aware and you're only not aware because you haven't been taught yet. That's it. Mm, so true. And it's not anybody's fault. I remember going through school and you probably can too. There's no such thing as mental health. Like we were never, ever taught anything about that. Um, so, and, and I know things have changed now and I obviously work with a lot of schools and teachers and it's amazing young kids, but people a little bit older, like us, Tracy, we never got this. So it's understandable that we don't have those life skills to understand this and recognize it. So one thing I talk about a lot and I'm really passionate about is, you know, staying physically and mentally fit. And it's like a, I call it the seesaw of life. You need to invest time in both daily to get a good ride. Um, I know you're very passionate about this. And when you're talking about being present or different things, I feel if you're not physically and mentally fit, it's very hard to be present as well. Um, how important is that for you and, and in your work? Yeah, very important. I think that health needs to really be looked at holistically. Um, so I like to look at health, you know, from a mental perspective, emotional, um, metabolic, I would say is really critically important. And it's so often overlooked. Um, so we really look at it, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, and um, metabolically. Those are the four components of health that I like to teach. Because I think if you don't have one of those, the others are going to start to kind of crumble. And so you kind of have to keep your finger on the pulse of each, which is not difficult. But again, without the awareness that it is comprehensive, um, it's easy to overlook it. Metabolic health, you know, has everything or metabolic fitness is what I like to, I like to think about my mental health as more as a mental fitness routine, right? Like um, I think mental health somehow got this like negative connotation. It's like interesting, but there sh really shouldn't be any sort of negative connotation to it. But I do like the mental fitness kind of framing it up that way because it suggests that you actually have control. Men you know, physical fitness, you can improve upon it by putting in the reps, going to the gym, lifting the heavy weights, same is true from a mental perspective. You know, you have to like put in the reps. You have to do what it takes to strengthen the part of your brain that actually can respond. Now, there are things that will interfere. Um, like, in my opinion, like um, refined carbohydrates, sugar and flour. I think that those will have an effect on your mental health or your mental fitness. Um, we know that they have an effect on your metabolic health for sure. But I wear a CGM, a continuous glucose monitor, because I find it to be so interesting how my environment, um, how my sleep has an effect on my blood glucose. And you can deduct from your blood glucose what kind of um, insulin response you have. So Super interesting to learn that about your metabolic health and all of the things that you can do to become more metabolically fit and to become like a fat burner for those people who are really trying to lose weight um, or really, you know, kind of lower their inflammation, lower their risk of chronic illness and disease. 
um, things like Alzheimer's, you know, which is now being called type three diabetes. Like there's just, I think that you need to have great mental health in order to have, you know, the wherewithal to, or the awareness of what, you know, what the effects on your metabolic health could be and vice versa. Like if you're eating loads of carbs, loads of sugar, loads of flour, it's very difficult. You end up having kind of a brain fog. Your energy is zapped. Um, you know, your cognitive ability, you're not very sharp. So it's difficult to, you know, keep your finger on the pulse of any sort of health. So they all have to kind of be in um, lockstep, I would say. And, and that's one of the things that we teach in our self-made mind and body program is, you know, the importance of being comprehensive, not just pulling out one component of your health. Mm, very true. And I think the one thing you've mentioned a lot, and this comes back to, you know, at the start, you've got to make a decision yourself. It, a lot of those things are easy to do, but they're easy not to do. Um, right. And nobody's going to do it for you, Tracy. I think that's probably the hardest thing. People probably come to you, I'm guessing, not I shouldn't put words in your mouth and say, what What do I do? What do I, like, it's not what, what you do. You need to do it for yourself. And I think that's yeah. so simple yeah. when we say it, but if there's one bit of advice, your eating, your diet, the time you do for yourself, all those things, you control that. Nobody else does. Yeah. And I think that the key is once you make your decision, whatever that decision is, make sure you like your reasons for making that decision. Because if you tend to be somebody who second guesses your decisions, that is the remedy right there. Because you make a decision and then you make a list of the reasons that you like for making that decision, because that becomes your secret weapon. You can always like go back and reference that list. Oh, that's right. I don't need to second guess this because here's all the reasons why I like that decision. That's huge. That is so huge. And people overlook that all the time. So when my clients ask me, you know, for my advice on a, on a decision that they can make themselves we go through like worst case scenario, best case scenario. What is it that you like about this potential decision? What is it that you like about this potential decision? Like I take them through just that exercise and then they can clearly see that's not hard at all, but these are the, this is the way that you create a sustainable decision. Like if you don't take yourself through that exercise, it's very likely you'll find yourself right back to where you started because your primitive brain goes to work with all of those fear-based thoughts, trying to keep you, you know, out of danger, try to keep you alive and you believe it. And now you're right back to where you started. Mm, that full circle, isn't it? And it really comes back just to being kind to the person you see in the mirror. We talk about kindness and being nice to everyone else, but unfortunately that's skipped over a lot of the time with the way we treat ourselves, the way we put ourselves down, the way we neglect certain aspects that we've just spoken about with different aspects of our health. That's yeah. it, it, it just needs to change. You need to be the kindest person ever to the person you see in the mirror. Right, right. I think we all believe that no pain, no gain like, oh. theory. And that's really hard on us. Like you don't realize how damaging that belief can be because your primitive brain that's offering you that thought, no pain, no gain, it works really hard to be right. And so you are believing that you have to live a painful life to recognize the gains. 
that is a lie. Like that is not a belief that is serving you. So if that's something that, you know, is kind of wandering around in the back of your head, like question that thought, like, is that even true? Like, is that thought serving me? What if that wasn't true? What would life look like if I could actually enjoy every moment, if I could actually be kind to myself, you know? And so what would that look like? Like keep asking yourself those questions. So I talk a lot about self-control and how, how do people actually create self-control? We teach a four-step system, the acronym, so it's easy to remember, is S-E-L-F, and it's self-coaching, eliminating the obstacles, leveraging your prodigy brain strengths, and forging intentional results. So the self-coaching is all about asking your questions yourself questions. It's the art of asking yourself the questions. Why? What would that look like? How can I do that? You're like, and not stopping at just answering, asking the question, you've got to answer it. And so we teach our students how to do that. We teach them how to eliminate the obstacles, how to eliminate those saboteur narratives that we can't see it, but they're there. That's an obstacle. Um, we'll also teach them how to eliminate the obstacles that they can see, some of the really obvious ones that tend to sabotage them. We teach them how to leverage the prodigy brain strengths like empathy, discovery, innovation, navigation. We teach them how to activate. Um, and then finally, we teach them how to forge intentional results, how to use the best practices that are out there but recognize that those actions come at the very end. It starts with self-coaching. We don't give anybody a checklist and say, just go do this. <laughs> we, uh, we eventually get to the actions, but those actions almost feel organic because you've set up the right frame of mind that you are operating from. So that's what the SELF stands for. And when you are putting that into practice, you can't help but feel in control, no matter what the circumstance is. So I can't underscore enough the importance of self-coaching, asking yourself questions constantly. Mm. So true. And again, then you're not relying on anybody else. It, it is you. You are the exactly. one doing it. So Tracy, podcast, Secrets of Self-Made, your masterclass, your website. Where do we start? Because you've reeled off so many absolute beauties today. Where, where can people go to get more? Uh, you know, the one-stop shop is the website. So www.self-made, and then it's the letter u.com. We have all sorts of free resources. It will connect you to all of our social media channels. You'll see all of our paid programming. You can sign up for one of our masterclasses that Currently, we're offering them every other Friday, but we're going to get to the point where we're offering them every single Friday. You could sign up for one of those. Those are $27. And I will make sure that you get a coupon code for 50% off of that that you can share yeah. with your listeners. Um, so yeah, the website is probably the, the quickest place, easiest place to go. Perfect. Well, I'll have links in show notes for 303. Uh, for that, you can go and check that out. Now, Tracy, before I let you go, and thank you very much for that kind offer. I'm sure the audience will be, uh, everyone loves a bargain, don't we? Um, if you could look back over your last 51 years of playing pickleball and euchre and making career changes and helping people, being a mum, all these amazing things. If you could go back to 18-year-old Tracy and give yourself one bit of advice, what would that be? 
Wow. Um, hmm. I would say ask yourself more questions. And just because you're having a thought does not mean it's true. Um, I never knew that. I thought everything I thought was, you know, I would say like reading the news, but even the news is not true. Anymore. I think most people know that. No, it's not. That's not a good analogy. <laughs> well, I hope you don't believe that. That's that's really the... yeah, yeah. So I I think a lot of people think that their thoughts are facts, and um, they're not. And so I think you know, questioning, question everything. You know, even your own thoughts. I think that would probably be, and I remember um, I sat on a on an executive board one time and we sat in front of a classroom of children. And this was probably 15 years ago, I bet. And they had asked me, what was some advice for these youngsters? And I remember telling them, you know, ask questions, ask questions. There's no dumb question. And I didn't really understand how powerful of advice that is. When I was saying that to them, I wasn't even recognizing the power of those words. And now I do. So question everything, mm, even so your own great, great advice. You got, yeah, and you had that in you all along. It's funny, isn't it? When you yeah. reflect back on things like that, that uh, it, it was still there with you. And it probably was at 18, Jerry. Like I know we grow and evolve as we get older, but uh, I, I love that. I think that's really important to look back on things that you've done and still be very proud of those. So, um, for everybody listening, this is episode number 303. Go to the show notes. Um, I'll have links for everything. You can check out Tracy and take her up on that amazing offer. But uh, Tracy, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I've loved chatting and it's been really nice. Uh, obviously, when you get like-minded people on that, I, I really agree with everything you're doing in the work. And um, hopefully people can you know harness one of those beautiful nuggets of gold that you've let out today. So thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Dale.